You're listening to episode 57 of the Medical Device Made Easy podcast, which is the first episode of 2020. So happy new year! Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. I am Munir Lazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standard today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Alazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And first of all, I wanted to wish you a happy new year and all my best wishes. So I hope this year will be successful for you and you will be really happy. So uh, on this episode, uh, I wanted really to talk about a topic that is um, interesting for everybody, which is PMCF. Uh, I had made an interview with Ellen Equi. A uh, few months ago, and November, end of November, so one month ago nearly, um, regarding PMCF at Medica conference. So uh, I wanted to share this with you, uh, just for the people that were asking me to provide some more information about PMCF. So Elena was uh, is uh, the CEO of QMed uh, Consulting, uh, and she uh, was really uh, helpful and really provided a lot of information in the previous episode of the podcast uh, regarding the CER, so the Clinical Evaluation Report, uh, specifically about product equivalence. And uh, today, I wanted to share with you this interview which where she's helping us to understand what is a PMCF. Uh, because yeah, there is a lot of misunderstanding about this. Some are thinking that this is a kind of a clinical uh, investigation. Uh, some are asking, do we need that? Uh, what is it? When do I need to do it? Etc. Etc. So um, I try to ask Helen all those questions so that uh, she can really help you uh, about uh, the understanding of that. I wanted also to thank you very much for all the people that were subscribing to this podcast, uh, to all the people that are following me. I'm really, really proud of that because really we grow the community and it's now a big one. Uh, and I wanted really to ask you to continue, please, to support me, to, to continue to, to subscribe, to continue to, to provide some reviews of the podcast it's really helping me a lot and helping me to share that with everybody so yeah waiting for your reviews your subscriptions your likes on the on the video and also on the podcast so go to apple uh, podcast or google podcast or spotify and just provide a a small review even to say yes it's a great podcast and then uh, just click uh, click uh, submit okay so thank you for that Okay, now let's listen to uh, this uh, episode with Ellen Equi, uh, and then uh, I'll come back later. Hello, everyone. I'm here with Ellen Equi. We had Ellen on my uh, on my podcast. We talked about uh, product equivalence. I think mm. for a CR specifically. Uh, so I think it was really a great information that she provided. And today I met her at Medica 2019, and uh, I wanted to ask her some questions, some few questions about PMCF. So Ellen. Uh, welcome first to this, Thank uh, you. New, uh, this new uh, episode. Um, what we are, I wanted to ask you is mainly, what is a PMCF and when do I need that on mm. my dossier or my uh, regulatory uh, activities? Yeah. Uh, basically, uh, PMCF is part of your PMS, so your post-market surveillance, and PMCF is post-market clinical follow-up. So when you have your 
PMS, you need to uh, be aware about how to follow your product when it's at the market. Okay. And when uh, when you increase in the risk classification, uh, then of course the requirement will be higher and higher. And there are, especially for class three and, and implants, mm -hmm. there is a requirement to follow it closely uh, in patients, the, the safety and performance continuously uh, at the market. So when I'm building my post-marketing surveillance, I should already think about the PMCF. Yes. And I think I should create a PMCF plan then that should be included inside. Yes. Your PMCF plan uh, is a specific part of your clinical evaluation, which is part of your technical documentation. Okay. And there are specific requirements which are very nicely lined out in the uh, in the MDR, mm -hmm. uh, and it is um, and they're also coming very good guidelines out for MDCG, and they will uh, try and guide you the way on what actually data to collect for which type of documents. So okay. you know there are PMCF studies. Yeah. So these are they can be new investigations that you initiate. And they can be based on, for instance, an example is that you have uh, a very broad indication, but your initial clinical investigation on a high-risk class products is very narrow. Okay. And under that broad indication, you might want to add another claim, you know, another, not a new indication, but maybe a little different um, uh, patient population, subgroup, whatever, and that will require real clinical evidence, so a so, new clinical investigation. So it's a new clinical investigation, but it's not a PMCF, or is it? It is a PMCF. Okay. You might... Uh, you might have an indication which, as I say, is very broad, but in your clinical trial you are only able to, uh, it's under your indication for use, but because of the, you normally have restricted inclusion and exclusion criteria during your trial, you don't have the full population. And you know that uh, you, you direct that in your clinical evaluation, say that that's your clinical development plan, yeah. that you tell, this is my indication, I will go for my indication here, and then my PMCF, I will broaden out the scope for in a broader population and then collect continuously safety and performance uh, Okay, so data. on the PMCF, mainly is when the product is already on the market. Yeah. Um, then you can do a survey, mm -hmm. you can do an investigation, as you said, mm -hmm. you can do also a literature search, mm -hmm. that's what I saw, so, yes. so it's something that is possible yeah. for them. Yeah, you have to distinguish, or the MDR asks you to distinguish between uh, passive and active yeah. data collection. So literature is a passive, it's something that comes to you, complaints and all these things that comes into the company. But you at the same time will have to go out and seek information and that's where the studies, your registers, your surveys is of great help. Surveys and um, uh, user, how do you say, user test mm -hmm. is mostly about the performance, not so much about the safety. Okay. So there you have to go into more clinical studies and these can be uh, retrospective or they can be prospective, looking forward. Okay, so we said also that it should be included on the technical documentation. Yes. So it means that each year or each two years I have to update my technical documentation? Yeah. yeah. You would have to, uh, uh, the CER for a high-risk class product is every year. So you have to keep on your toes and make sure that they have a program where you can collect data which will not kill the company yeah. financially. So that's the trick. So find a way that, uh, for instance, with um, a setup, you can make umbrella protocols where you have different indication underneath and you can make investigator-initiated studies 
where the collection of data is relatively easy. You still have to ensure that the data collected is of sufficient quality and amount like always yeah. basically and it makes good sense and uh, of course if you you uh, I think the trick is only to collect what you need. There is a tendency, uh, which I see is that you would like to collect everything. In, now I started this up and I want to collect everything. It's better to do uh, what is my objective and go strictly after that. And then maybe next time, because you will have to do this continuously. So, you know, prioritize, do your gap assessment on your clinical evidence and then uh, figure out priority-wise which one is most important for my money and my approval and all these things for the company. Initiate these trials and have your clinical development plan, which will, when it's CEMAC, it will be your post-market clinical follow-up plan. Okay, good. Um, so now there is also a case that people are thinking about or thinking mostly is mainly Maybe I don't need a PMCA. Mm. I don't need that. Mm. And it says on the regulation that you can still have justification for mm. not putting in place a PMCA. Mm. Does it mean that you don't need, you will not have on your technical documentation a PMCF plan, but yet a non-PMCF justification? Is it that? Uh, that's the way. And I think for low-risk class products, there might be cases uh, where that can happen. Yeah. But do you see, for example, what are the, really the triggers to say I don't need that? I don't see that many okay. <laughs> triggers. This is the issue. It's yeah. the, the fact that there will be some manufacturers who say, no, I don't need that. Yeah. But what yeah. exactly they should think about, say, uh, to have really a great justification to say, yeah. I don't need that. Because I think there is a lot of notified body that will receive those messages. Oh, I have a justification for mm. not putting in place a PMCF. Yeah. Uh, I think they will take the med dev and they will just look at all the triggers to initiate a PMCF and yeah. say, no, I'm not innovative. Yeah. No, I'm here on the market since a long time. No, this and that. Exactly. And put that. But will not really work it will not work and the and i think one of the key things is that you have some you have normally approved under very general indication and, and intended use uh, and when it's out there in the broader population it's used for a lot of other things yeah. and you have to take proactively action on that and that will trigger that these you will get this as feedback data to you and you have to follow it. Yeah. So even though that you say initially, I don't need it, when it hits the market, if it's used, your product, you will get squeezed back. Exactly. It's, it's new literature, it's, uh, it's new claims that would like to be addressed to this uh, product, it's complaints, it's, you know, so you will have to do something. These activities are also part of your PM, PMS. And uh, so mainly we see that maybe only class one devices that are low risk can really justify for no PM, PMCF, but higher risk. Yeah, you will, have you will to. still have your PMS, but your PMCF studies you might not need. But you will maybe use uh, surveys, you know, other, you know, uh, not so uh, complicated things to do. Okay, mm? good. So I hope it answers all your questions about PMCF and uh, maybe some triggers that uh, you think that uh, are applicable to not have a PMCF and it's not. So thank you, Ellen, for those uh, information. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah. So let's enjoy Medica. Yeah. Thank you. Good. 
Thank you, Elena. It was really a great, uh, great answers, and I hope this is really helping you. Uh, one thing to add: um, I know that also the the European Commission was planning to release a PMCF template. Uh, apparently, uh, it's delayed, uh, but I'll try to to create one for you and to and to provide that uh, on my uh, on my uh, website, uh, just for your information. So, what what exactly is needed under with the PMCF? There is some differences uh, related to the PMC. CF under the MedDev uh, guidance and what is required under the um, under the MDR. Uh, so there is a bit more information that are required. Uh, so yeah, don't make a mistake to 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 just use the previous template maybe you had with the MedDev uh, and look specifically on the can't remember which annex it was twelve or. 12 or 13, I can't remember, uh, 13, 14, I can't remember, yeah, one of, one of those, uh, the last annex after the annex 11, uh, there is uh, a section regarding PMCF and it tells you specifically what should be on the PMCF, so, uh, but I will try, as, as I've said, to provide you a template as soon as possible, uh, I hope I can do that uh, quickly, but... Um, Okay, so um, don't forget to please subscribe to this podcast. Don't forget also to share this episode with all the people that you think uh, would benefit of it. So as I've said, I'm not here to uh, to just uh, spam people. I'm here really to provide as much value as possible for you. So if you think that somebody else is needing this um, this information, please uh, share that with uh, with this person. And uh, as I've said, please don't forget to uh, to uh, provide a review of the podcast. It's really helping me a lot. Okay, so thank you for your uh, help. Thank you for uh, listening to this episode. And I wish you a nice day. <laughs>